I'm John Branion, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Hey, Carl, welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. This is our second attempt. I shouldn't. I didn't have to say that, did I? You don't have to put my dirty laundry out. I didn't have to say that. Megan said something pretty funny a couple of days ago when we were talking about <laughs> dirty laundry, <laughs> and uh, we were talking about airing our dirty laundry. And Megan said, "But you guys have been airing that laundry for so long that it's clean by now. It's got to be fresh. <laughs> you air that laundry long enough, and by golly, it doesn't stink." Uh, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's true. Our, our dirty laundry is probably no longer dirty. Megan, by the way, is my husband Luke's sister, Mm. my sister-in-law. And Mm. Megan and I, along with Tabby and Marla, have a podcast called Just Because I Love You, a Four Sisters podcast. Let's plug it. We just did. Oh, okay. And you can listen every Wednesday. We drop a new episode because Wednesday is Just Because I Love You Day. It's Just Because I Love You Day. And it is, it's a good podcast. Uh, So you could, it's not on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, but you could go and look it up and you should go look it up. If you're a uh, if you're a person who enjoys, you guys are funny when you talk. Are we to each other? Yeah, you're you're funny. They've got a camaraderie that is uh, it's pretty refreshing. So you should go to give it a listen. Um, but buckle up. It's not uh, it's not gentle and kind. It's uh, yeah. Well, because um, Amanda's part of it, and so it's honestly it's a little salty. Honestly, I was not the most salty yesterday. Yesterday we That's recorded true. two episodes and uh, uh, we haven't even published the one we recorded yesterday yet. Well, I, you were not the most salty one in the one that I listened to. Marla yesterday, I don't remember the exact context, but somebody, oh, Megan was talking about how sometimes people will say, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. And then they'll go on this long right. tirade, this long venting session. And she, Megan was like running that past the rest of us. And what do we think about that? And we kind of said, well, that's a real great way to invite, you know, gossip without any actual constructive problem solving. And, and Marla said, you know, if a person says to me, I just, I don't want you to fix it. Um, I, she goes, I'd be, I'd be tempted to just say, well, here's 20 bucks. Go buy yourself a journal. Yeah. And I cracked up laughing. I was like, Marla, why do I have the reputation for being the mean one? Being the salty one. And Tabby yeah. was laughing. Here's 20 bucks. Go buy a journal. She's like, if somebody Leave just me wants me to listen and not do anything, I'd be like, here, go get yourself a journal. That's actually, that is something that you would say. And that's spot on. I, it's it's like, why are you wasting my time? If right. you don't want, if you don't want my point of view on this, then right. just go write it down somewhere. What am I here for? Yeah. So that's, that's good. That's the sort of stuff that you get when you hang around our kitchen table. Right. But my point is, I don't know how I'm the one who's always being accused of being the salty one. Well, because you are the starting point. The reason that they talk like that is because of your influence. Okay, so it's kind of like women never actually murder anyone. It's always the patriarchy's fault for all the abuse that caused them to snap. No. Kind of like that. No, and you know that that's not correct. <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm saying that the uh, the patriarchy 
No, I'm saying that that's not <laughs> that's correct. That's what you're saying. No, it's not. And see, what you're doing right now is exactly why they talk the way they do. Because you know, you're sharp enough to know how to manipulate a concept a what? little bit. And twist it into something that it wasn't. Who, me? Yeah. And, uh, and if it wasn't for the fact that you were talking to me right now, you would be sinning because you would be <laughs> deliberately leading somebody astray. But because I'm on to your games, you can, you can do it with me. And, uh, Are you and saying it's okay. that you have the power to forgive my sins? Is I that have, what you're saying? <laughs> exactly. That's not what I'm saying either. I'm saying I have the power to, to see when you're sinning. And mm -hmm. I know that you know that it would be a sin. Mm -hmm. And so... Do you have a male thing? I do have a male thing. I also have another thing. But which button do you want to push first? Well, I didn't have a time to make it into a button, but I've got this. I, I could see you're, you've got this look on your face like you're kind of excited about something. So yeah, you have a sound effect, don't you? Yeah. Well, you? somebody from the Comedy Click made another recommendation. Okay. Oh, no. Uh, Did you hear it? I would, no, I couldn't hear it, but hear I'm, it? I'm deaf. Hold on. So we're going to do it again. Somebody, okay, so if you want to become a member, you'll get access to our super secret telegram group. And and you can boss us around you can and boss tell us, us around. what sound effects you want to Just hear. Just this afternoon, our buddy Chance was like, here we go, Amanda, we need to try this one because it's short and sweet. And I said, I will work on it. All right, so I don't have hear. a button. I just I have my heard phone. It. This may not work. You've got mail. Oh, I did hear that. That was it? That was it. We're probably going to get in trouble for that because I don't think that's... I don't think that's public domain, is it? Neither was the Blues Clues song we did last week. Yeah, I suppose. Week. So I don't, I, we could just say it. You've got mail. <laughs> you got mail. Yeah, that sounded exactly right. You've got mail. You guys are a great addition to the FLF network. And even if Tim Hawkins is more popular, your podcast is way better than his. Wait, Tim who? Exactly. <laughs> I think the guys By are the way, Sorry, but we do actually need to get Tim on our podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, we do. And this is not, we're, we're not saying anything disparaging about Tim. Tim is one of my best friends. Yeah. So I'm I, not, I'm not taking I'm a shot kidding. at him. But, um, but I am taking a shot at him <laughs> and I can take a shot at him because he's one of my best friends. And if this he is didn't what we know do. that you were kidding, it would be sinning. Correct. But Tim <laughs> would know that I'm sinning. Um, or no, how to, now you got me all flustered. Finish your email. Even if Tim Hawkins is more popular, podcast is way better. I think the guys at the Babylon Bee saw trying to make jokes all the time on a podcast as a bad idea too, which is one of the reasons that they've been so successful. See, we could talk about that concept for the rest of the podcast, about how a comedian's podcast doesn't have to be and shouldn't be just joke, 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 joke. I'm offended. Is he saying we're not funny? I'm offended. Are you going to be like this through the whole episode? I'm feeling a little bit, <laughs> feeling a little contrarian. Is this, is this how it's going to be for this whole episode? I had, a, I went out and took a walk earlier today. It's uh -huh. a nice day and I just feel like fighting. You did. I can tell. <laughs> um, you reference quote, those people that know how to laugh and have a good time and not take themselves too seriously. In fact, I am being one of those people right now. Uh, in your most recent podcast, uh, I don't know any Christians like that. Last time I wrote to you guys, I talked about pietism and cringed at how hard my email was to read. Uh, I only seem to know Christians who want to look for the sin in laughter unless it's a safe subject. And I think what what he's saying by that is, you know, if you're talking about the drive through at McDonald's or... Yeah, uh, well, like we said last time, there are no safe subjects when you really try to be offended all the time. 
Um, uh, that's true. But yeah, I know what he means. No, like, no, you can, you try to, people try to find uh, topics that don't matter. People, t- we, I, refer I, I to call it, that, that knock, knock jokes. You it's call like, it knock, knock jokes. Yeah. I refer to it as being a glorified clown for Jesus. Like people aren't usually offended when a clown slips Hits on the banana peel. The yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And so those are the things that people try to, to extract comedy from. And it's possible to do that, but that's not really the purpose of comedy purpose of comedy is not just for random silliness because we're quote ready to have a we're ready to laugh which is how i got right. introduced most of the time on stage right. okay are we ready to laugh and it's like well that's great if you are ready to laugh but comedy is actually more effective when you're not ready to laugh um anyway you these gotta types- finish your email and then i have to tell you what i've been randomly laughing about for the last two days luke and i both if we want to make each other laugh this week is it the word surprise no. These type of people are the reason I've never read Unoffendable. That's Brant Hansen's book. Yes. Um, I've only ever had that standard recommended to me when Christians want to beat me over the head for calling something a lie or stupid or slander or some other biblically defined sin. Uh, it always used to tolerate... It's always used to tolerate sin in others, demanding that grace be given without qualification or acknowledgement of wrong done. I've never heard it applied as a reason to not go needlessly looking for sin, which is a proper application of grace. Um, I don't have a question necessarily. I just wish I knew how to be the type of person you're encouraging Christians to be. Yay! (laughs) Thank you for the encouragement, and Lord willing, maybe one day my family will know how to laugh in Christ. In life, (gasps) Carl. Carl. Right. Thank you, Carl. If you're listening to this podcast, you are our neighbor, Carl. Mm-hmm. And Carl, you can sign up for the Life is Hardy Har Hard workshop which is now being hosted by the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network, Fight, Laugh, Feast University. That's correct. So if you go to FLF dot, how's it, what is it, WordPress.com? FL, no, it's just FLF.com. It's just FLF.com. Or it's FLFnetwork.com. I think, yes, FLFnetwork.com. Mm-hmm. And I think you will be redirected to a WordPress site. Correct. But anyway. We'll put the link in the podcast. Yeah, because um, it starts in July. Dad is teaching two days a week for an hour. And um, so that's going to be 14 separate classes with such topics as... Uh, uh, to, <laughs> I don't have the syllabus in front I had of an idea a few weeks ago that I was going to like test you. I was going to have a new segment on Comedian Next Door where I like... how well I know my own, well, my own I was workshop? Gonna, I was going to call it um, John Learns to Sell or something like that. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so terrible. You always talk way too long. You need an elevator pitch for your right. I, 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 to I to my credit, to pat myself on the back, I have produced a syllabus that is single lines and yeah. that, that is single topics for each. It's a seven week, seven week course. There's two lessons per week, so there's fourteen, and they're all like little short phrases. Right. I just can't remember any of such them. as um, how. Well, I know that I know we're going to talk for sure about exaggeration. I know we're going to talk about how God created comedy, not us. Uh, I know we're going to talk about oh, one's called similes and metaphors. Let's get, let's let's get naked. That's basically it, but that's not exactly right. That's not exactly what I put. But there is a topic in the book called "Let's Get Naked," Um, and so it's it's stuff like that you're going to like. And good for. This is something that would never happen if I was doing this podcast by myself. And that you is didn't read pitching. that specifically so that you could talk about your workshop. No, really. No. Oh, that's funny. Um, One of your classes should be called 
obliviousness. Being oblivious and, as a comedian. <laughs> and how to... For the relative... For the... Uh, usefulness of your own how to lose and money and all promotional opportunities yes how to how to thoroughly miss so, every possible opportunity you to can expand speak, your speak platform. more effectively encourage others when they're suffering overcome depression stand up to bullies brainstorm zillions of ideas whenever you feel like it that part's true um oh that's good did i write that you wrote that gosh that's good that's i should take this stuff. course it sounds interesting. Course details. I'm going to have to actually go to the website. Oh, here's the thing. It, the Peaches writes most of our descriptions for the uh, podcast. Well, all of the descriptions for the podcast now. And every time she puts up a description for the podcast when it comes out, it's like, gosh, that makes it sound, I want to go listen to that. We are so fun. And I just recorded it a couple of days ago. And it's like, gosh, I really want to listen to that. We're again. so interesting. She makes it sound really, really interesting. Okay. So first class is God Decides What's Funny. Um, always question everything, mm-hmm. how your brain works and why that matters. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, all the way down to let's make assumptions. That's let's make assumptions. Yes. Yeah. That's and then a, the very sort of final class topic. is going to be your mundane life revisited. And I bet it's less mundane by the time it will be end. less mundane. Yeah. yeah. So, so to, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you're here to attach that to the email, uh, because, because first and foremost, the, uh, what comedy does, what, what being able to think like a comedian does is it changes your perspective on things. Right. And you can't expect the rest of the world to come along with you. For the most part, um, you're kind of on your own when you, when you see things through the lens of humor. And, and that is your statement of those things right. that makes you the quote-unquote funny person. You're, you're basically teaching them how to air their dirty laundry and start viewing that as a good thing because it's getting clean. Correct. And there's going to be a lot of people, most people, who still see the dirty laundry exactly. as unmentionable. Exactly. And we are airing the dirty laundry uh, in a way that makes people actually want to see our dirty laundry. Right. That's the, that's the trick. When you figure out how to be funny, then people don't mind when you complain and people don't mind when you air your dirty laundry. In fact, they kind of want you to do it they they kind of encourage you to say more words because the words that you have said have been entertaining and we would like to hear more we have people send us like articles news stories and things like that and they just want your they just want to get our twist on things because i would like your take on this yeah and why would you want my take on it because i'm funny because Because i say interesting things right okay so here's the thing that i was going to share with you did you watch that video that carmen chober our friend carmen sent to you about random internet drama put to music yes oh my gosh did you only watch one i only watched one how did you only watch one because i got it i understood it and i was like okay i get what's going on here i don't need to see more oh my god but see i'm not i'm not as enamored with the internet drama as you are you thoroughly enjoyed the meltdown so good they take just screenshots of things people argued about online and, and they write an actual music. original song to it. it's not yeah. like they're just singing happy birthday underneath right. or whatever it's like produced right. with with music and the band and everything and they don't add words that's what's so hysterical yeah. it, they just read word for word what people said right and so like the the <laughs> the one that you would not have seen because you didn't go down the series i Luke didn't and go I down were the going, rabbit hole we were going back and forth for for just hours and every once in a while we were we had moved on i thought and then like i it would pop back in my head again because they're so darn catchy and i would just kind of giggle and then i would say to luke 
I just need butter. And we would all laugh. We would both laugh. And I showed Tabby, so now she's in on it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's the kind of stuff that people would be like, you know, that's dirty laundry, for example. Sure. The drama from the internet. You sure. shouldn't laugh at that. But you, I dare you not to laugh at a person who writes this post that says, please help. I'm all out of butter. <laughs> I need someone to bring a stick to my front porch between 2 and 4 a.m. today, Saturday. I don't want to meet people. I don't want new friends. I just need butter. You know, you know what? I, I appreciate the honesty in that sentiment because... Honestly, if it was if I could get if I could get my hands on butter without having to deal with people, yeah, I would do it. That's what's so funny about it. like then we spent a while trying to figure out what the backstory wouldn't was. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, if you could get butter without having to deal with people, wouldn't you do it? Oh my gosh. I guarantee you this is a person who was high on something. <laughs> had the munchies. You think so. Went to the fridge to make something. Was going to fry something up and was like, oh no. I have no butter. I'm out of butter. <laughs> that's what they make Cheetos for. You don't have to make anything. Oh my just, goodness. And that's not even it. it. Just he, he says, I, don't, I just need butter. And the final word of or the final phrase of the song is butter is important to me. <laughs> Right, that's so catchy. Right. You, oh, I could, old, I could sing it to you, but I won't. Butter is important to me at sometimes in my life I too. Just need butter. I, I, again, I don't want to not people. trying to. I just, I'm not trying to diminish uh, the uh, the importance, but that is exactly that's exactly what comedians do. Right, I want to be just friends pay with attention that guy. To that stuff. His name is uh, Lubalin. I think he might be not an English speaker to start with, but he does make all of his songs in English. And it's L-U-B-A-L-I-N. Mm-hmm. And if you go and just, if you just search for that, he's got a TikTok channel. That and is that is what comedians do. And here, and to bring it around back to the, uh, back to the email and what we were talking, what we're going to be talking about in the class. When you become a person who is, when you can laugh at somebody saying, all I need is butter, butter is important to me. When you recognize... <laughs> When you recognize the humor in that. And I do laugh every single time. Then, but you also have the ability to detect that sort of insanity in your own personal life. Right. You, know th- you know that there are many, many times in yeah. your life where you have uttered phrases that could be turned into a song right. and the world would laugh at them. Just yesterday, this probably isn't quite as good of an example because it's not as ridiculous. But just yesterday during Just Because I Love You Day, the sisters were all... Um, getting glasses or uh, getting mugs of coffee and Megan was going to use the Keurig so she had a single serve cup in her hand and she says to me which one's better and she had one that was caramel latte and the other that was um, uh, vanilla caramel something mm-hmm. that's what I just had and it's not bad I like vanilla caramel yeah, it's not but bad. I was but I said to her I pointed to the latte and I was like oh this isn't coffee this is a mixed drink and I'm like, I'm trying to explain. You were trying to think of the word cappuccino? Yes. <laughs> that was it. And so how it's I ended up. It's a mixed drink. They immediately laughed. It's like a Manhattan. They don't even let me finish my like thought. Like a margarita. And they're like, oh, yeah, they're like, oh my gosh. She goes, so it's got alcohol in it? And they're all laughing at me. 
And I'm trying, like, I still could not come up with the term. And so I finally was like, okay, this one will have coffee grounds when you're done. And this one will be totally empty. And that was, it, right. has, it was a mix. It's a coffee mix. Right. It's not actually it's not coffee. coffee. It's a, yeah, it's Powder. like hot chocolate. It's like right. hot chocolate or whatever. Right. That's what I was trying to say. And they immediately mocked me for it's a my mixed it's drink. A mixed drink. Right. Because mixed drink doesn't. Because that's not, not what it usually is. applied to. <laughs> right. Hot I was trying to say drink mix and said mixed drink instead. Right. right. So. But then, but then as as simplistic and as banal as that sounds, there are people who get really offended and really embarrassed and really upset when you laugh at when them. you laugh at them for that. Yeah. And we cannot be those people, Carl. We we have got to be the people who acknowledge our drama, who acknowledge our mistakes. Right. And and allow people to point and laugh heartily right. at our stupidity. Now, in your workshop, do you talk about the fact that the straight man is an important role? I think I do. Okay. Because I just, for Carl's sake, I will say I will admit that I usually don't laugh at anyone's jokes except my own. Hmm? I don't know if you've noticed on the podcast. I Carl. have noticed that you are. <laughs> there I go. That you... <laughs> I'm the funniest uh, person I know. I know. I know. <laughs> We've talked before about how you're the most interesting person on this podcast. I know. I know. But that. But I'm saying I relish my role because Megan and I have <laughs> talked about this before. She's like. She's like, I just said a really funny thing and you didn't even laugh. And I said, Megan, it is my sworn duty as the straight man in this relationship. Correct. I cannot laugh. Right. If you get me to smile, I might not have heard what you said. Right. You have to, you have this to understand. Is, this is next level stuff. Yeah. And so the, the, the purpose of the straight man is to intentionally be bored or right. annoyed right. or, For uh, contrast. or unimpressed. Right. With the funny person for contrast. contrast, and it is, it is when you when you tease somebody, when you uh, when you go out of your way to troll somebody, you're doing it for the reaction that that person gives you. And right. so the straight man, if they understand that they're being trolled, if they understand that what you're doing is absurd and should be laughed at, then their job is to roll their eyes and cluck their tongue right. and shake their head so that everybody else in the vicinity knows, oh, I'm not, I I thought that what he said was crazy. And so the straight man has now verified yeah. my point of view. Right. It is okay for me to laugh now because the straight man has verified that what they just said or did is absurd. It's ridiculous. Right. right. And so if you have, a lot of times grandparents do this well. If you've got the grandpa who's, you know, yucking it up and cracking dad jokes and, being inappropriate. And grandma's shaking her head. Burping or cranking off a fart or something, right. you know. And yeah, grandma. All of that stuff is hilarious. Grandma's rolling her eyes. Everybody looks at grandma for that eye roll. It's right. an important, like, punctuation at the end of grandpa's Correct. sentence. Yeah. Correct. And now, and, and, and then in a, in a wonderful way, now everybody gets to join in with grandpa and celebrate grandpa's being, uh, being annoyance to grandma. Right. And so everybody is laughing now at grandpa. 
and it's punctuated right. and actually heightened. The experience is heightened by grandma's feigned annoyance. Right. And that's the thing that you have to keep in mind. It only works if it's feigned annoyance. Right. <laughs> you know, if you are genuinely annoyed, right. if you are sincerely upset, now everybody is not going to laugh at grandpa, right, but they're they going to laugh bad. at you. They feel bad for grandma now. Right. But, but they will start laughing behind her back probably um (laughs) but if you if you are sincerely upset then you're not playing the part of the straight man right you are actually becoming the part of the killjoy you're you're becoming you are becoming the joke itself it's nuanced carl right this is why you gotta go to school for this that's why i gotta go to school that's why i gotta hang out at our kitchen table because now it uh, i'm i'm what i'm saying is that the uh here around the kitchen table we have great respect for the straight man. We have great respect for the role of the straight man because yes. it is a person who has to keenly understand all the nuances of what makes comedy work. Right. And to voluntarily play the role of the straight man requires a, a really sharp sense of humor. Right. To and do I it love, well. Here's what I love the most about being the straight man is I get to be just as quick as the comedian with my sarcastic rebuttals. And I love sarcasm. I love bitter... You know, I love being just really sharp and pointed and, and a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. what's the word? Rough, I guess. A little caustic. That was the word I was looking for. Caustic. Salty. Salty. Mm-hmm. And I think it's funny. I think that a person who, I think a very quick, well-timed rebuttal to whatever the person is trying to do is... Is really good. I have a lot of respect for that. But there are times where if all of the family is over, if if all the sisters are here and their husbands, I will laugh at the goofball and then I will turn and apologize to the goofball's wife because the wife is the one who's usually the straight man. And it's it's a joke. I'm not sincere, but I'll say, I'm sorry. I know wife code dictates I'm not supposed to laugh at this, but right. uh, but I thought it was funny. Right. And so that's how... It, that's how it works in a group setting when you've got one person who's who's yucking it up. Usually, it's that person's significant other who correct the person's clo- person closest to them is usually it, it's it Laurel and Hardy and it, it takes both. You talked about this a little bit on the last podcast that there's that couple that right you know they're mutually he's making fun of her and right. laughing at her and she was the straight man she, there even right. though she was. Even though she laughed some while she was retelling the story, she was crying when the thing took just place. Just thinking about sloths. Yes, she's right. thinking about sloths and crying, and so she wasn't she wasn't part of the joke in that sense. She right. was actually the butt of the joke and knew it. So. And if you're going to where it gets to be tricky is when you are in a family like Carl, who doesn't laugh at themselves right. if you're if your family is genuinely incapable of recognizing the humor yep. um that's a tough place to be in but i don't think that it is unsalvageable i think you have to you have to just ignore their uh their being upset well and and, and continue down the path of what you think is just continue to elevate your own stupidity. Continue to make it okay right. for them to laugh at you. And double check that that they don't think they're being straight men. Like double check that that they really are sincerely annoyed or frustrated or not understanding the joke. Because 
For me, in That's my experience, true. there's a lot of people who enjoy being part of an environment where laughter is happening mm-hmm. or where something funny is happening, mm-hmm. even if they can't put their finger on it, or even if they would say um, that they don't have a sense of humor. Like I'm thinking of Grandma Nancy, Dad's mom, who will say, I'm just not quick, or I don't get it. I don't get the joke. And it's like, yeah, but she still loves coming around when her three kids are playing together or when... Sort of. It, sort of. I'm saying she understands that there's a bonding that's happening. She understands that something yes. is going on. Yes. But but there are people who are are super sensitive to to teasing and mockery and and yes. laughing at other people and they're and they're they are sensitive on behalf of the other person. And I I've, I've been the recipient of that from from people and you know people who will come up after even shows i've had people come after shows and say that they felt bad for me when i talked about being in gym class and not being able to climb the rope and other kids were you right. know saying things and they felt bad for me because i felt uh ostracized or less than and it's like i'm t- i'm doing comedy i'm literally doing comedy about it and they, but they just can't get past the feelings that they have right. that but I'm they, making fun of myself. But they did buy tickets to go to a comedy show, though. And I'm saying even if they don't understand the joke, like there there is still something about the comedy that happens that people are drawn to. Sure. Even if they don't understand it, and even if at the end of the day they're not totally sure that they enjoyed all of it. Well, but that's my point. My point is that even, even if you're buying tickets to go to a comedy show... And you're still having these feelings and this this sense of uh, conflict that's that's coming up. Then when it's when you're not at a comedy show, when you're just having a conversation with your friends and family, those feelings are even going to be more intense, and you're going to be more apt to. I don't think you understand how. I don't think you don't think I understand how. I think comedy you're undermining works. everything that I'm trying to say here. But that's fine. <laughs> I'll get over it eventually. I'm saying there's an environment. There's an inexplicable uh, energy or an essence that happens when people are, when there's humor around and that people are drawn to it even if they can't explain it. And they may say, and this is where you get tripped up because you like for people to say what they actually mean. And that very, very rarely happens. That's true. People never say what they actually mean. People, I I pay attention to what people say and I think that's what they mean. Yeah, and and it's it's not. not. They say things that they don't mean at all. Right. And so you're listening to people coming up and telling you after a show, blah, they blah, feel. blah. And it's like, and it, I'm assuming it doesn't matter. That, I'm assuming that they know what they're talking it, about it when they tell me how they feel. Because if you if they see <laughs> that you are in town again, they'll come by and, and buy tickets to your show again, is right. what I'm saying. Because the, even if they're, they are unable to explain what happened right. and they don't agree with their words... Their actions still say, "No, I I want to be where the funny is." Right, I agree yeah. with that. I'm trying to unpack it for Carl's sake. I'm trying to say you got to understand that even people who are at a comedy show yeah. are experiencing these conflicted feelings. Right, which is why I said you should double check that they aren't that they are sincerely angry, like right. upset, or is it just a slight discomfort? That actually is well, but necessary you, but like for you comedy. Just pointed out, they're not going to be able to articulate it. You know, they're right. not. Gonna, they don't even know for sure how they feel. Right. So, and the way that you describe it is, just do what's funny. Just push through and don't be, don't be deterred. Don't right. be swayed. Yeah. Because right. people are complicated. They're conflicting, conflicted, and and, um, and what they, what the comedian's job is, is to 
is to point out what's funny in situations. Right. And it's not it's not my job to try to anticipate how people are going to react to that and then adjust things accordingly. Right. My job is just to say, hey, have you ever noticed how goofy this is? Right. And uh, and leave it at that. All right. Are you done? Uh, well, I don't I don't know if I'm done or if that's a segue into the other thing I was going to talk. Do you have something that you're going to be in a whirl about? Is that I, am, I am in a whirl. Today. Okay, well, go ahead then. I was in a whirl before we even started. Go ahead. Peaches in a whirl. All right, let's hear it. I'm all whirly. Um, this week, dear dear people in my life have been pushed around by uh, bullying, manipulative emotional bullies. Yep, manipulators. Mm-hmm. And I just have such a burden to describe what's happening. So I have a case study. Okay. I actually have more than one, and you haven't heard this one. Um, oh, yesterday I was on social media and. Somebody was posting about the fact that in Kansas, they are trying to push, pretty much everywhere in the country they're trying to push, but specifically this was in Kansas, they're pushing um, critical race theory curriculum in public schools, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to train their teachers in culturally sensitive training. They're changing the word now because CRT has such negative connotations for a lot of people. Right, because people have finally figured out what it means. They think if you just give it a rename. (laughs) They were happy with critical race theory until everybody understood what it meant. And now they go, oh, we better change that to something else. like CSL now, culturally sensitive learning or something. Why don't they just, why don't they just do uh, what they did with, uh, why don't they just say, we love people. Why don't they just call it that? And then I'm sure they'll try that. But I think that love is love is already taken by another yeah, that's true group. But anyway, um, th- they were discussing because parents are up in arms, and I'm super jazzed about the fact that parents are like storming school board meetings now and right like, because they understand what it is. They're like, no, we are not going to fund racism to combat racism. We're not doing that. <laughs> and so, so but we're here's, not going to have coloring books to. Here's what happened. Somebody in the comment section of this post, the the newspaper, local newspaper posted about how parents are upset about what the teacher training is supposed to be and um and that it was being that, that the teachers had supposedly some of them had asked for this specific training as part of their job. And so the newspaper wrote about that and somebody in the comments said, "I'm not going to discuss this topic specifically." I work in colleges. I don't teach K through 12. I'm, I'm a college professor, and um, I think it's a dangerous game when we start telling teachers what they should be taught because uh, as a college professor, when I've had some training, even if I disagreed with the actual message in the training, it could still serve a purpose. It could still be good for my job. And so <laughs> I just think that since we aren't licensed and most of us aren't experienced and haven't stepped foot in a classroom, I just think that we should just we should not just shut up and defer we just to them. They be should be quiet yeah. and not leave, you know, our just, comments. Right. Just send our children to right. them and have them say whatever they want. So here was I immediately. To our children. Because of the, the way that things have gone this week where this thing has happened over and over and over again, my radar you know, antenna were up already. Mm-hmm. And I just said, I quoted her directly, quote, I'm not going to speak on this particular topic. Here's, here's my thoughts. End quote. <laughs> and then I said, why did you leave a comment? Right. And she goes, thank you for your response to me. 
Oh, you I actually got a response back I got a response. And she that said, shocks me. Thank you for your response to me. I actually have a teaching license, and I've been working in, in colleges for nine years, and I do have familiarity with CRT, so I'm happy to discuss this with anyone. And I said, okay, so, quote. <laughs> I'm not going to discuss this. I'm not going to discuss this <laughs> with anyone. I'm not going to comment on it. I don't think it's our business if we don't have teaching degrees and all of that. I said, so this, did you just say that because you were trying to sound humble and now you're admitting you actually do want to talk about CRT? Right. Did you get a response then? I got a response again. And she said, I don't know what your purpose is here, but you sound kind of confrontational. (laughs) Yeah. You have no idea how confrontational she is. Oh, for sure. And so I responded one last time and I used a smiley face and I said, I'm sorry that quoting you directly feels like I'm confronting you. Um, I just think that if you wanted to have a conversation about how you're a professor and you know stuff about CRT, you should have said that up front. That would have been the honest thing to say. Yeah. Don't lie and say that you don't want to talk about it and certainly don't lie and say you're willing to talk about it with anyone when that's not the case. When, when, uh, when your own comment quoted back to you is confrontational, confrontational. you're not a person who's ready to have a dialogue. Right. You're no. a person who's wanting to lecture. She wanted to slap. Because she's a professor. She wanted to slap that comment down in the comment section, right. garner a bunch and of have likes. And everybody go, oh, isn't she humble? Isn't she yes. approachable and nice and willing yes. to hear out other people? Yeah. And we say stuff like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to talk argue. about it. I don't want to debate. Right. right. Because we don't want people to question us, but we do want our opinion to be the first and last thing everybody else right. sees. But she knows how it would sound if she said, I would like to lecture everybody. Right. <laughs> attention, I think I'm smarter than everyone else in the comments attention, section. Everybody. Attention, everybody. I'm a college professor and way smarter than all of you right. plebeians. So all I would you, like for you to be quiet. Right. All of you should stop talking. None of you should weigh in on I, this topic. I would like for all of you to be quiet and let me tell you what is absolutely true about this. Right. Let me tell you how to think about CRT training for teachers. But she is smart enough to know how that sounds. Right. So she doesn't say that. She doesn't say that. And for so long, this is how, especially women, especially in university settings, in education and in healthcare and in other female-dominated especially careers. Especially women. I keep forgetting how sexist you are. She learned this because she's a professor. It's not a coincidence no. that she's a college professor. In fact, when you said... This was a college professor. I was like, oh. And then I waited to hear what you said. And then it was like, oh, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say something unusual. That she but, was, that I agreed with her? Yeah, I thought the no. college professor was going to come in and say something useful. No, I almost, said, I almost said, you don't need to tell people you're a college professor. No, in fact, if you just said this woman said whatever, I would have, I would have guessed, is she a college professor? Yeah. Because yep. that's so typical. But... But it's important that that story is important because it's a case study. Mm -hmm. And again, there have been others. And my own dear husband. I don't want to lecture people. I don't know. I don't want to debate people. Right. I don't want to argue. That's the other word. Argue. I don't want to argue with people. They go, oh, what a humble, beautiful person who doesn't want to argue. I don't want to be divisive. But it works, though. It's not like the way that you're... Yeah, because people are idiots, and they don't think about what she's saying. (laughs) I was just about to talk about my husband, and now you've called him an idiot, and it's going to make you have to walk that statement back. No, no, I won't walk it back. uh, Just yesterday... Luke, what, because he's got this issue with working for a healthcare system and they're mandating the vaccine. And though he doesn't necessarily think the vaccine is going to cause you to 
you know, grow extra eyeballs. Right. He doesn't think it's it's fair and right for employers to mandate health, you know, drugs and medicine and things like that, healthcare. Right. Um, particularly since it is a healthcare system. They don't mandate things for their patients yet, although that's going to be next. Um, but well, they, why not? They, yeah. talk clear, they talk all the time about the importance of informed consent and bodily autonomy and all of these things. And yet they're, they're taking that choice away from their employees. So my husband wrote. Oh, uh, I'm not going to call him an idiot. Well, go ahead. I know. That's what I'm telling you. I, my husband wrote an email this week to a couple of people above him in, in this system. In fact, one of them works at headquarters and is like the poobah mm-hmm. for that department. And um, as and he sent this email that was really, really well written. He was talking about how this is unprecedented. They've never before mandated something that's still in the trial phase. Right. How, you know, some of the, the studies are kind of concerning as far as the, like, heart inflammation. And it's just ridiculous to mandate a vaccine for children when children aren't even the ones who are suffering. And so to have, have the children be vaccinated in order to try to mitigate the damage against the elderly has never been done before. Right. Um, all of that stuff he he included in his email, right. and it was vaccinating just, healthy people to keep yeah. other people from getting sick. And is, he said, you know, you know, more importantly, we are talking about people's beliefs, and if a person has this deeply held belief that this is not going to be what's best for them in their life, they shouldn't have to write and jump through hoops to their employer. Right. You know, write to their employer, and, and right. you shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to put your conscience up on trial in right. front of the tribunal and let them right. decide whether or not you're justified in having a right. conscience about People this. People are having their medical exemptions denied. They're right. having their religious exemption requests denied because somebody somewhere was like, no, not good enough. We'll decide if that's a legitimate conscience right. So uh, he decision. writes. he writes this email and I thought it was really great. And then immediately the lady who's above him and then another lady who's above the lady who's above him mm-hmm. call a Zoom meeting with just with Luke, yeah, immediately, Red like flag. within a few hours, they're like, "We we want to talk to you." Yeah, because we haven't talked about private conversations yet. We have to. That's another uh, yeah. topic for later on. That's true. Well, yeah. they they singled him out, and right. and the, I mean, long story short, I didn't even know that he was having this meeting until he gets home, and he's sad. I mean, he's genuinely feeling um, a sense of morose and like mourning because it, he realizes that things are starting to get real that he may lose his job over mm-hmm. this and he said i just really really think the world of my coworkers. i really love my job and i love the people i work with and i just think it's really despicable the way they meaning the company right are dividing us meaning his coworkers and he right and i was like luke <laughs> you were in a zoom meeting with them with them right today they weren't there's not a puppet master pulling their strings right and, and so I asked for more details for the, from this meeting. And basically, I, I don't know the full extent of it. And he, he mentioned that to me multiple times. You weren't in the meeting, so you don't know. And I said, but based on what you're telling me, they started the meeting saying, we're not going to try to change your mind. We're not going to try to change your mind. But we basically feel exactly the opposite of the way that you feel about these mandates. And we just really hope that you're able to... to stick around because we love having you as a coworker. We think you're a rising star mm-hmm. in this company. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, everybody loves hanging out with you. Everybody thinks you do a great right. job. 
it would be a shame if you continue down this path of following your conscience right. and it right. costs you your job. They didn't want to talk about any of the details, any of the facts no. in his email. It was all feelings. And they spent however long and they were threats. in the email or however long they were in the meeting, they spent talking about um, how much they just love him and how great he is and right. how they're not going to try to change his mind. But but he came home feeling sad because he did, he does like these people as individuals. He right. likes being with them. And so I said to Luke, babe, it just, it makes me so mad that, that they are emotionally manipulating you. And they may not even realize that that's what they're doing, but this is what abuse looks like. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when a person is trying to make you feel bad so that you will do what they want you to do. Or maybe even try to make you feel good so that you will do what they want you to do. But this is what, imagine imagine that there's a girl in a college setting who's gonna go to a frat party, her first ever, right? And she goes and she meets a bunch of new people, new guys, they're all really fun and nice and mm -hmm. you know and attractive. And she has a really great time. Which frat guys are. She has a great time at the party. Sure. And they offer her some stuff. Sure. Dif different things, food and drink, and sure. she's able to take some and maybe posters. Reject some, you know. She says no to some stuff, but she also enjoys some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then she, so she comes back again the next week and the week after that. But imagine that after a few weeks of getting to know these people, who she now considers friends, right? They say, okay, if you're going to come to the frat party next week, you have to get drunk. You know, you have to drink a certain amount of alcohol. You have to, you, know, you have to smoke this. You have yeah. to do coke. You yep. have to do a couple of lines of cocaine. You have to inject yourself with this. You have to drop acid. I don't even know enough about illicit drugs to give the proper just say, analogy. Just say acid. What do you shoot with? Just say drop acid. <laughs> what do you shoot with? That's more like the vaccine. What do you put in the needle? I don't know. I don't know, Carl. I promise. You started into this analogy and you didn't... <laughs> Here, we've got something in a syringe. We don't know what it is. Put it you in your body. To, yeah, you have to just say acid. I, everybody knows about acid. <laughs> if you're going to come to our right? frat party, you got to drop acid. Okay. Yeah, whatever. So, I mean, imagine that they're saying, we we don't want to change your mind. Like, we don't want to. Yeah, wanna... we don't want to change your mind. <laughs> you don't want to change your mind. <laughs> we just feel completely different about that. About, and, yeah. And you can't come to our party unless you're. Right. Unless you drop acid, you can't you come put to our party. Into your body, we think you're a rising star in this on this college campus. Yeah, in our frat, we think that you're just really fun, and we will miss you so much if you don't come to our we party. Will, it will make us very sad to throw you out of our group. And so I, but I we're see not going to try to change your mind, right. About how you feel, right? And I just I don't know if Carl understands. I know that Luke is starting to understand, but he didn't understand as as recently as a year ago. That that is what abuse looks like. It's what abuse looks like, and it actually makes you. It's a way of of taking their tyranny and yep. their evil and making it your, your fault, right? Your problem, or making you have a conflict you know, about we, it. We this these are just the consequences. We told right. you what the consequences would be, right. and you so feel you're conflicted. you're actually the bad guy here, you Luke. You feel like you are the one who's coming between you and your new friends. Now, yeah. are you going to drop acid? But I said that it wasn't your fault. Right. I said that I and wasn't. And I said, I, and I didn't try to change your mind. Right. I didn't try to tell you right. that you shouldn't, that you should right. do this. You're, you're entitled to feel however you want. Ah, oh, I've been, I have been whirling about that all week. And do you the, feel better? 
No, I have other examples, but <laughs> it, we're pretty much out of time for yeah, today. We're out of time. But I just uh, we're past time actually. Carl, anytime that you want to talk with me about what it looks like when you're in a relationship with a person who is dangerous and there's all these red flags. Send us, send us uh, some some examples of stuff that you think might be abuse. And yeah. We'll, uh, yeah. If you think that you've been uh, verbally or emotionally abused, send us those stories to uh, next door at johnbrandy.com. Yeah. And, and again, we'll talk about them. Again, Luke, you know, really, enjoy, really likes these people. And I genuinely don't think that they realize I think that just like the frat boys, somebody did that to them at some point in mm -hmm. the past. They don't even realize that they're perpetuating the abuse that was first done to them. And it's so, possible. you know, we're, we're in deep well, now. Well, nobody thinks of themselves as an abuser. They don't. Nobody, nobody thinks that they're bad people. So, um, all right, so that's it. We're, we're out of time. I was going to talk about some other stuff, but you know what? It doesn't matter what I think. It really doesn't. You know, and I'm not here to try I'm to talk you out of it. One. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to talk you out of your opinion that we okay. should talk about other stuff. I don't want to meet people. <laughs> I just want <laughs> butter. <laughs>